On this episode of the Naturist Living Show, a top free tour of Canada, pens and cabins. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, to episode number 65 of the Naturist Living Show. My name is Stéphane Deschaines, and I'm your host for this episode, and I'm the owner of Baroque's Family Nature's Park. It is spring, finally. Spring of 2014. And uh, it's been a long time coming here in Ontario. We've had the coldest winter, apparently, in 25 years pretty much below freezing the entire time well below it certainly feel that felt that way um lots of snow more snow than usual i mean not it's not unusual amount of snow for other parts of canada but certainly is for the region around toronto so we're glad to finally see some warmer weather and melting that snow away and getting ready for the exciting season that comes up so we are open year-round but of course it's so quiet is not there's not as much going on and and we all know naturism is far more pleasurable and far more interesting when you can be outside and feel the warm sun on your skin and the gentle breeze and to go for a swim in a natural lake. That's that's the ultimate. So uh, with that, we had the delivery of our uh, three cabins. We're going to have four cabins, brand new cabins this year. And um, I wanted to talk about that. Okay, it's a little self-promoting. I'm... Uh, we have cabins, so come to Bear Oaks, okay? <laughs> but also because I think it's an important uh, thing to to think about and consider. Uh, people uh, traditionally were creating naturist uh, locations that, you know, you had to bring everything on your own, and now people expect services. And camping is certainly something we offer. We offer service sites. But what we discovered is that um, people who come from far away, particularly the uh, European tourists that we were getting, that we are getting some of, we're looking for something uh, a bit more than our guest room. We have uh, five guest rooms, which are essentially hotel rooms. But when you're staying for a long period of time, that can feel a little cramped. And uh, as a naturist, you want to feel like you're part of the outdoors. And that's why most people come with tents or trailers or RVs. Um, but if you're coming from Europe, obviously, you're not bringing a tent or an RV. And uh, so we now have, well, a few years ago, we got a, a fully serviced cabin, a grand cabin, as I'm calling it. And that has the kitchen, the full kitchen, the full bathroom and everything else. But it takes up a lot of space and it's very costly to purchase and operate and maintain. So people were looking for something in between. So now we have these cabins, which are cozy, cozy cabins. Um, and they are uh, insulated and they're heated with propane, uh, central heat uh, vents. So you can keep them quite warm in the shoulder seasons. Um, they sleep six uh, through bunks. There's two double beds and on top single bunks. 
and there's a small kitchen area, but no water. So there's a small kitchen area with a microwave and a, a small bar fridge. There's electricity and there's lights, of course. There's a little porch. And they're very cute that way. And outside, we're going to have a barbecue and a picnic table. There is water in the area, very nearby. You can get water. And there is the uh, comfort station across the way. So uh, hot showers and toilets and a dishwashing station is just a short walk away. So it's a little bit like camping, um, except that you are in far more comfort on a mattress in a heated cabin. And uh, all the things you need are provided for you. Uh, we even provide sheets and linens and uh, pots and pans and dishes. So you can basically show up, have a camping experience. Um, and that's, that's important if you want to attract people who come from far away. And they actually came. The reason I say they just showed up and they're sitting in a parking lot is because they're built as trailers. They, once they're set up, you won't know the difference. Um, because they look just like cabins with wood siding and uh, tongue and groove wood paneling on the inside, um, and it, it, normal doors and windows. It doesn't look in a peaked roof, so it doesn't look anything like a cabin. Sorry, like a trailer. It doesn't look anything like a trailer. But it comes as a trailer, which means that um, they're manufactured in a control conditions. They're manufactured in a in a factory um, where it's dry and warm, um, they under mass production, uh, systems. So that means that there's efficiencies of scale because all the equipment and saws and craftspeople are there already and they do it all day long regularly. It also means they're, they're built under a standard of a trailer manufacturing, uh, CSA, Canadian Standards Association, which means they don't need any building permits. They just show up and we pull them in to a spot. We don't have to worry about building permits. We don't have to worry about that they might be in areas where we wouldn't be allowed to build buildings because we are in a very sensitive, protected area. So I did, uh, it was very exciting. We bought, uh, it's actually going to be four. We bought one, slightly used ones and three brand new ones. And so I wanted to visit the factory to find out a bit more about how these were done. Um, and uh, so uh, while I was there, I sat down with uh, Chris Faulkner, who is uh, one of the, uh, I guess he's one of the owners, and uh, asked him a little bit more information and background. Uh, my name is uh, Chris Faulkner, and uh, I am the Vice President of General Coach Canada. And uh, I just drove a couple of hours from the Toronto area to get here, and beautiful countryside, but it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Why are you guys here? <laughs> uh, this factory has been here for uh, over 60 years now. Uh, we are in a small town of Hensel, Ontario, and uh, believe it or not, there is actually three manufacturers, or was three manufacturers, in this area um, and has been for many years. So uh, what the reasoning is behind the uh, coming to this area, I'm not sure, but uh, it's a good uh, base of people to pull from. Um, and there's a, a lot of good craftsmen in this area, so it, uh, it works well for us. Doesn't it cost you a lot in shipping then? Uh, not really, no. We're shipping uh, all over Ontario it's, um, and into Alberta and out west. So we're sort of actually in a neutral area, a central area, I should say. Um, so it's, it's, freight is, is freight. It doesn't really matter. It's, uh, it, uh, it varies. So it, it's a good area for us. So we're here because you're making the new Bear Oaks cabins. Um, and, uh, but you do a lot more than that. What, what, what's your products? 
Yeah, we've done several different products uh, throughout the years. Uh, obviously, being here for uh, for over six years, we've we've done everything from motorhomes, travel trailers, fifth wheels, truck campers, uh, and park models. But we are currently uh, <laughs> and cabins, of course. Uh, currently, we have uh, just concentrating on the cabins and the park models are our biggest business. Uh, but we are still venturing into uh, some niche markets, uh, such as uh, theatrical trailers for England. Uh, we do some overseas containerized units for uh, China, and we're also shipping a very niche market to the oil patch out west. Yeah, so is business good? Business uh, has its ups and downs, as most do, but uh, the last few years have been very good for us. And this year, uh, we just got finished a, a couple of RV shows, and it certainly looks like this year will be a, a very good year. And uh, what's, th- what's the history of General Coach? General Coach has been owned by several different companies uh, throughout the years. Um, and most recently was owned by Thor Industries, who is the largest RV manufacturer in the world, I believe. Uh, most definitely North America. Um, they're an American company with uh, several different manufacturing companies under their umbrella. Uh, we, up till about three years ago... Uh, We were owned by them, uh, but then uh, the markets were changing, and us being their only Canadian uh, manufacturer, we could sense that there was a a, uh, urgency to maybe get rid of us. Uh, So we decided, my father and I decided to uh, put together a package and try and buy it out, and that's what happened, so... And the name General Coach, when, when you say coach, I think of a bus. I didn't see any buses out there. No, General Coach was uh, definitely named because of buses. That was their, uh, their first products that came out of this factory was actually buses and motorhomes. Uh, that was the concentration at the time. Um, the, the actual name of the company was Citair Incorporated, uh, which was um, in conjunction with Airstream. So we had a direct relation with Airstream at the time, and then Thor came in and bought both of us. Uh, it was actually the first th- three companies that Thor bought was Airstream and General Coach, who had a plant here in Hensel and also a plant in Oliver, B.C. And you have other brands. It's not all under General Coach. No, we, uh, we have several different brands over the years. We've uh, had Corsair. Citation was our biggest. That was our branding for our travel chairs and fifth wheels. Uh, here on Ridge is our branding for park models. And, um, but it's all sort of under that General Coach umbrella. And so what, uh, this is your chance, you know, why should somebody buy a General Coach product versus the many other manufacturers that are out there? Um, I think it's, you know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we are in a small town and we are pulling small town craftsmen. So our fit and finish and quality of the product itself uh, is is uh, really second to none. It's uh, the guys here uh, take great pride in what they build and um you know, we're, we're not a mass producer. We're producing, you know, a, a unit a day is, is sort of the, uh, the way you can look at it. And, uh, you know, our quality is what sells our product. So that's, that's really the biggest thing for us um, is the quality and the fit and finish of the product. So this is an interesting option. And, and certainly General Coach and Chris Faulkner uh, are not the only options if you want to purchase a cabin for your site, for your naturist resort and your naturist club. Um, but uh, there are other companies uh, in the uh, U.S. that make these, and I'm sure in Europe as well. Um, they are, uh, but they are cost-effective because I could not build these cabins for this price. And uh, nor 
would it would be much more complicated. I mean, it would just require a lot more coordination and various trades to be pulled in. We just ordered them. They showed up, pulled into the parking lot. We'll put them in place, uh, set them up, and, you know, stairs, a few other little things. But basically, they're done. They come up completely finished the way we want them to. And that's a big advantage if you have a club because uh, labor, coordination, management is something most clubs are short of because they, there's not a big organization behind them. So there's many places. It's essentially a KOA, if you're in North America, you know, KOA Campgrounds of America um, has uh, these some of these cabins as well. They call them camping, camping cabins with Ks, of course. And uh, some of them are being built as trailers as well, so they can be delivered more easily. So there are plenty of options out there if you're interested in that. And I'll post uh, pictures of my visit in a blog, so you'll be able to read in the blog all about the cabins as well um, and see pictures of how the manufacturing process was going. There'll be a link in the show notes um, to the pictures in that blog. Hi, Felicity. How are you doing? Hey, Stefan. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am so happy that it's warm all now. You know, it's finally, we had like the coldest March. I can't believe how bad it is. So now that April's here, we finally have some non-freezing temperature and the, the snow's melting. And yesterday I was actually nude outside in, in, a, in a sheltered area because it was, it was 10 degrees Celsius. What would that be in Fahrenheit like? I don't know, 50-something maybe? Yeah, I think so. And in the sun, it was, you know, it, it was sheltered. It was no wind. It was really nice because the sun is hot. You know, it's getting there for the summer. So so I'm wow. feeling really good about it. How, how about you guys? What's happening in uh, in your neck of the woods? Yeah, I haven't been naked outside yet, but it has been getting a bit warmer. Today it's like 60 degrees and sunny, and we're getting there. We're almost there. The lakes have almost thawed out. Good. <laughs> Good, good. Yeah. And so is YNA, and, it's doing stuff? And we just had our first um, St. Patrick's Day party, actually. Ah, uh, indoors. Two weeks ago. Yeah, indoors, yeah. And it was really fun. Um, was I got a lot of publicity. We were in Time Out New York and the New York Daily News, and we totally uh, sold out tickets and filled up the venue. So it was a good time. Was it, was it good publicity? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, you know, I can't say how many people found it or found us, uh, came to the party because of that, but definitely we got a lot more traffic um, from being in those two places, so it was good. Cool. Any more parties coming up? We don't have anything um, planned yet, but we will be doing a few more indoor events at our new spa in New Jersey. Oh. Yeah, we actually just partnered up with a friend and we bought the spa that we had talked about before. Wow. Well, this is this is what Joshua was talking about, isn't it? When he on that yeah, cuz he talked Exactly. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about that yeah, on a podcast. Yeah. Right, you guys know Joshua, yeah. Yes. Well, he talked um, he talked about his idea for a spa on the podcast, right? So uh, yeah. So Yep, yep. So it worked out and we became owners just like officially two or three weeks ago that is cool so that you you guys are definitely not all talk and no action right <laughs> right yeah we're getting things done we always have you know something going on 
Yeah, right now uh, it's a clothed place, as in people have to wear clothes, and it's just a women's gym and spa. But uh, we are excited to start doing YNA Nature's events there on the weekends. So, what are the people who go there on the weekends now going to do? Oh, well, normally it actually closes early on Saturdays and Sundays, and it's usually very slow. So, um, we're going to be doing events like starting in the late afternoon and evenings when it's usually closed anyway. Wow. And and do they have a pool and things? Yeah, there's a a pool, um, sauna, hot tub. Um, We're working on redoing some treatment rooms to have massage um, during the regular hours as well. And, And then there's like a big, big exercise room with ellipticals and treadmills and exercise equipment that anyone can use. So you, for now, in the beginning, it'll continue as a textile spa or a textile place uh, on weekdays then? Right, right. Normal. It's going to you know, keep up the same operating hours as a textile place. And eventually, we hope to have certain days, um, certain weekdays, like every Tuesday is Nature's Day or something like that. And then eventually, if it goes well, we'll have our year-round, full-time, 24-7 nature's place. Wow, that's very cool. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to convert all those textiles over, are you? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, we're going to make it naked now, so (laughs) you're renewing your membership, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So theoretically, though, because, you know, New York City is known as a place in New York where you can go top free, and, and they finally accepted that. So could I come there if I was a woman and work out or go in the pool top free during the textile hours? Uh, this is in New Jersey. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not too far from New York City, but it's in New Jersey. So unfortunately, um, it's it's got to be you know, abide by the New Jersey laws. It's not top free friendly state, but, uh, I mean, theoretically, yeah, in New York, um, it's, you would think you could do that in, in New York city places too, but, um, it's actually, there's still some discrimination going on. Um, as far as New York city businesses where, where places where men can be shirtless and, and women can't, yeah, well, I guess it is is the legal argument that it's a private place and they can do anything they want. Is that it? Yeah. So, you know, I'd wanted to bring this up, too, because it, it's really like starting to bother me. And that's that's what a lot of people said when I started talking about this. But it's actually not uh, it's actually still discrimination because, yeah, they can make their own rules. They can say, oh, nobody can smoke. And, the, and those are fine. But See, those would apply to both men and women. And right. this is something that only applies to one gender, and so that makes it illegal. Right. Is it, is it illegal, do you think? It is. I mean, um, one activist who's known around here, um, Moira Johnston, she filed like 13 complaints against yoga studios about two years ago with um, with the office, uh, New York Office of Human Rights. And... So obviously if it if it was perfectly legal, you know, they wouldn't have been filing these complaints. Um, but basically like I know at least one studio is still is still doing it. You know, men are still shirtless and they're still telling me I can't I can't be top free. 
So it's basically like, well, until people complain or, you know, stand up and say something, like they're just going to keep doing it. Hmm. That's true. And, and so w- what's the solution? Well, I mean, there's a, a, I've been talking with Jordan, you know, about different things to do. And um, I can either file more complaints with the same office and then they might offer me to take it to the Supreme Court. Um, Mm -hmm. I can also uh, go into the studio and then um, take my top off and take it to the point where they have to forcibly remove me if they want me to put my shirt back on and then uh, sue them. Um, Right. Which I really don't like the idea of. I just, you know, it's so um, maybe too confrontational for me. To do, especially do it by myself. I mean, with a few other women, maybe, but um, it's not my preferred route to go with it. But I mean, I do, I do want to pursue it, and I don't think it's right. And um, it's kind of annoying because not even like the naturist community gets it because they're all telling me to go to oh, there's all these naked. It's like I know there are naked yoga classes. Right. Uh, This is a different issue. Even naturists are like basically implying or saying it's wrong for me to like impose my body on other people. Like it's not a nature's thing to do if I'm trying to push my nudity on other people in a place where it's not welcome. It's like, well, yeah, I already do that in public though. And nobody says that same thing. So it's kind of silly to me. Yeah. And I, and I, I understand, you know, we're not trying to in general, like, you know, push people into it, but as a fundamental principle, why is it that they can push their their beliefs on us? Because that's what they're doing, right? If I want to, if I want to be nude, even in public, how does that really affect anybody? If you want to be top free in a yoga studio, apparently it offends people. But really, that's that's an it's an idea. Just like certain words offend people, right? Uh, but those words, if you go to a different country, are completely meaningless. The fact that they are offended by the fact you being top free is kind of their problem. I mean, what if they're offended by the fact that you're showing your face because that's not appropriate in their culture? Or you're showing, you know, I can see the form of your body because you're wearing a tight outfit. Right. I, it's, all, it's all to me, it's, you're not touching them. You're not making them do anything. Why is it wrong? Why would a naturist argue that you shouldn't be able to do that? I don't. I don't get it. Right. It's totally. It's not justification. I mean, they don't get it. It's like you can't. You can't make these rules. You can't justify it by saying that you might. And I'm saying might because who knows? Like what the actual people in the yoga class, for example, what they actually would think or how they would actually react. Because you might offend somebody. And it's like rules, you know, the rules and laws are not made that way. You could just as easily say, I'm offended by the shirtless guy next to me. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, or I might not like his haircut. Or maybe I don't like beards or mustaches, you know? Obviously, I do if you've seen my picture, of course. <laughs> but, uh, well, and you've seen me in person. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things, yeah. you know, that people don't like. There was a time where guys with long hair was offensive. So, yeah. you know, but that's not anymore. Right, it's absurd. It is absurd. So, 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 let's put it back on you. What are you going to allow at your health club? Um, well, it's not something. I mean, the top free thing is not something that we've talked about so much with Joshua for changing the rules on that. I mean, 
right now, actually, even before we came in, uh, some women actually went naked in the sauna. Is it a is it a mixed sauna? No, no, it's women. I mean, you know, before we bought it, it's it's always been well for a while. It's been this women only place, and um, we know already. Like some women were already going naked yep. in the sauna. Well, uh, you you should go naked in the sauna, yeah. <laughs> especially if it's not mixed gender. Generally, it is naked, is it not? I mean, yeah, that's the the normal thing to do, right? Um, yeah, it should be. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it, some of the uh, people who work there seem to think that was kind of scandalous. You know, they kind of like whisper it, like some <gasps> women, you know. <laughs> so, oh, so that's interesting. So the place is going to stay uh, women only during normal yeah. hours. Yeah. Okay. I mean, when we make it our own uh, nature's days or nature's place, it, it'll be co-ed. Right. And for events, it's co-ed and whatever. Um, but yeah, no, we should, I mean, we should talk to Joshua about about um, just giving women the option, even if they don't want to do it. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you know, you can make a statement about endorsing top free right and just put up a sign or something like that. We support yeah. women's right to be top free, kind of thing, and then leave it at that, and people can decide what to do. Yeah. But because even though if it's not uh, legal to do it in public in New Jersey, I'm sure in private that shouldn't be a problem. Right. And I think. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't think it would be a problem. Well, that's very exciting. So, if people are interested in in coming to your health club, what should they do? Uh, well, when we start doing our events, they're going to be listed on our website. Um, I mean, the place itself does have a website that they can check it out. I believe I'll check. I think it's spa. Yeah, it's spaladyhealth.com. So, okay. Yeah, and it's still, you know, we're still um, kind of redoing the website. And uh, we re- renamed it and rebranding it. So uh, it's still undergoing some changes, but people can can see some photos and check that out soon. And it's, of course, it's YNA.me for your website. Right. Our website, YNA.me, to find out about events. And are you planning anything around this top free thing? Are you planning any protests? Um, Well, I have been talking to one of our members about doing our own top free day um, in New York City, just out in public, like as a casual thing uh, for in May or, or June. Okay, so they should they'll be able to find everybody can find that out on the YNA site as well, right? Yeah. Excellent. And any big parties, anything happening that you want to talk about? Uh, not not so far. Uh, we're still trying to figure out the summer plans and the summer calendar. Finally, as it gets warmer. Very good. You think you might be coming to Bear Oaks again? Uh, I'd like to, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's still one of the favorite clubs I've ever been to. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah, but I'm not sure what we'll be doing. All right. Okay, well, we'll talk again next month then and see how things are progressing. Yeah, definitely. I was visiting a friend of mine a couple of years ago um, who makes... Uh, uh, souvenirs and uh, all kinds of things. If you, in, in fact, there's many places around the world when I visit uh, and I go and look at the souvenirs, the postcards, the the various uh, miniatures and things that when I look on the bottom, I see his company's name. And I was looking at things that I might be able to uh, have in the store at Bear Oaks, and he carries the stripper pen. <laughs> and... Uh, I grew up, I remember the stripper pen. It's, a, it's an old joke. I know the pen that you, the man or the ladies dress and you tip and they strip. 
And I thought, well, that's really funny. I, I've always thought those were amusing. Wouldn't it be fun to carry those at Bear Oaks? But of course, stripping is uh, against the basic philosophy of naturism. And certainly looking at the man and the woman that were there, they were posed in a very seductive manner. And they, they were wearing lingerie and stripping out of their lingerie. So a stripper pen is not actually appropriate. But the the idea of liberating person from their clothes is what we do. And so I thought, can I do a variation on this? And, uh, of course, it didn't exist, so we had to create uh, our own version. So I talked to uh, our friend Stephen Crawley uh, in Australia, who did the uh, Loxian Zoot and the Koala Bears books, which we've talked about, and we've interviewed him before in the past. And he agreed to draw a man and a woman that we would use for these uh, tilt and strip pens. And I learned a lot more about them. These pens are actually, uh, almost all of them are made in Denmark by a company called Eskesson. And uh, so we, we call them body liberation pen. We ordered them. And then once they were done, I contacted Eskesson. And I interviewed the uh, person in charge of marketing, Kim Rasmussen, um, about the pens and the history, because it's got quite an interesting and long history. Well, uh, my name is uh, Kim Rasmussen. I um, I work with uh, Eskesen in Denmark. Uh, I've been been there since uh, August 2000. Uh, and um, well, I've been uh, doing marketing, sales, um, and uh, a lot of other uh, functions in the company over the last 13, 14 years. That's good. So, so tell me about Eskesen. It's uh, how how did it get started? What's the history of Eskesen? Well, it it started. It was founded uh, back in 1946 by uh, Mr. Peter Eskesen. Uh, he actually founded the company in a in a small basement, and um, it. it the company Eskison did some various things, um, among others, some porcelain. Um, before they, uh, in the early 50s, uh, made the first floaty pen for Esso. It was a special, a special assignment from um, from Esso to to make a pen with a floating oil drum inside, and uh, Eskison completed that task and. He he uh, got a patent on on the pen at the time, and then, well, then the the company uh, evolved. So it, it, there, nobody hadn't done a floaty pen before uh, Eskesson. No, he was the he was the first one to uh, to do that. At the time, it was a different floating pen that we um, than the one we we know today, because at the time it was like miniature models hand painted that were floating inside the barrel like small small figurines uh it could be a small oil drum for like for SO or it could be small cartoon characters that were that were put inside there it wasn't until until the um it wasn't until the early early uh 50s 60s um that that um, that the um, whole thing about the um, the film inside was developed. The film, which allows uh, something to change, like they do in the Bear Oaks pen, where the person's clothes disappear. Yeah, that was that wasn't uh, that wasn't really developed until until the um, 
the 60s, maybe the late 50s. We're not completely sure. And the is it around that time that they came up with the idea then of having the stripper pen as well? That, that was the first time? Yeah, the, the, the earliest models that we know of, um, they date back to the early 60s. Yeah. And what uh, is that? It's still available today, huh? The stripper point is still available today, yeah? The stripper pen is still available today. Um, the models are updated, though. Um, so they're, they're up to date. Uh, but, but the pen itself um, is still available. This, this uh, technique where a male or a female um, undresses in the pen. Yeah. Um, only the the pen, the original clicker style pen, is no 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 longer available. It's been replaced by a more modern style of pen, but but the whole concept is is still available. And is it so? It's still it has always been and is still a good seller. Then it is. It is. Um, it's it's been part of uh, Eskison's Eskison's product um, program ever since it was developed. So. So it's 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 still it's still going strong, yes. Uh, but I've seen the pen, all kinds of pens. I was at uh, the aquarium in Munich last week, and they had a, they were selling Eskison uh, aquarium pens. So uh, you make a lot yeah. of different ones too. We do, we do. Um, I can't give you specific numbers, but we've done hundreds and thousands of of different designs. Um, we we kind of work in in different segments um one being one being the promotional um segment where you do pens with company logos and products and so on the other being the uh, leisure segment uh, where we do like for munich uh, aquarium or uh we do pens with the eiffel tower or special um landscapes or sites or natural parks or or something so uh so we 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 do span quite quite uh quite a lot in the uh in the various products we do and are there other people that make uh, floaty pens or are you the pretty much the only ones well there there are uh like like anything else uh Eskison is being copied um but with, let's say, uh, we are the original, and and we are we are the the, the best quality on the market. Um, so we are we we do see copies of our pens, um, but but you know um, it's also about quality. It's 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 about what you want to. To signal, it's about what you want to buy, really. So the, the Bear Oaks pen that you uh, made for me, which is uh, very nice and fun, um, tell why is that a good pen? Why is it a quality pen? Well, it's a quality pen because uh, most most other pens they leak. That means um, the the design inside, depending on on what type of design it is. It's uh, it's floating in a liquid, and mm-hmm. our pens they're sealed properly, so they don't leak. And that means if they if they leak the uh, fluid inside, 
then uh, over a period of time, uh, it can be short or a little longer, they will stop working. Right. Um, you will find Eskison's pen, Eskison pens that, that have been working since the 1950s. I think that pretty much speaks for itself. Yes, and in fact, um, I, I've learned that there's quite a, a community of collectors even uh, of, of your pens. There is, yes. Um, Eskerson pens are collected all over the world. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't even dare to guess how many people are collecting uh, our pens. Some, some, of the, um, some of the collectors are collecting only Eskerson pens. Uh, one has even been in the uh, Guinness uh, World of Records um, but how many on a worldwide scale? Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare to guess. But it's it's counted in thousands of people. Wow! And your pens are are still made in Denmark, right? All, all, every part of it. Our pens, our pens are still made in Denmark, at our own factory uh, where our offices are, and we we uh, control the production from start to finish. Hmm. Uh, where and where in Denmark? We're uh, we're about one hour from uh, Copenhagen. We're in the countryside in a small village. Um, pretty much the only uh, the only factory there, or we are the only factory um, there. It's it's just a small small village in the uh, countryside. So from our office, we we just have the view of open fields. Oh, sounds wonderful. Well, it is. It's kind of idyllic. So uh, rather than being in a in a in an industrial area, uh, it's quite nice, and you don't have any problems commuting in the morning. No, that's true. So is the so is the market for the future for these kinds of pen? Do you think with, now with computers? Do you think that the market's still going to continue to be good? Well, how what do you see as the future? Well, I I see the market continuing. Um, we've, we like, like most other people in, in our business, uh, of course, we've also felt, felt the, the uh, crisis over the past few years here, but we also see the market going up again. And, and I think there will always be a, a market for our pens because they're so different from anything else you can get. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at at your average pen, it's um, it's a pen with a print on it. Yeah. Um, if you're lucky, it has a it has a an appealing color, uh, but that's pretty much it. It might have a special design though, but with with our floating pens, um, you get so much more because you get an actual uh, story yes. inside the pen. Yeah. which is why it's appealing to to all ages um i mean children from uh from a few years old and and up to to adults they they love the pen because they love that little floating scene inside the pen which um gives you an an experience um i don't think if if i don't think you can you can imagine many other pens that actually Gives, I'll actually give you an experience of of something 
Right. Um, most other most most other pens you you use them to write, and that's it. You you have them for the function. Uh, here you have them for the experience, and that makes uh, a big difference in how how the pen is perceived in the market. And I was going to say, I I also you know in terms of the quality, um, you know that this pen is a the top is a solid acrylic piece with a metal clip. Um, I, I have so many pens where the clip breaks <laughs> uh, after a few uh, yeah. months of using. Here, this clearly this is never going to break off because it's solid metal clip embedded in the very thick piece of acrylic. I think so. Of course, these body liberation pens aren't just for my own amusement, although I'm really enjoying them. I have uh, 500 of each one, so they are for sale if you want one. Of course, they're available in the store at Bear Oaks, so if you visit Bear Oaks, you can buy a few if you'd like. Or they're also available in our online store, and that's at the Bear Boutique. Bearboutique.ca, B-A-R-E, just like Bear Oaks, Bear Boutique. .ca, and I'll put a link in the show notes. There's also a YouTube video if you want to see how they work. And in the Bear Boutique, there's a link to the YouTube video that shows them working. So if you're interested, go take a look. The theme of this show is a top free tour of Canada. And that's because I received a, uh, a note, uh, some information about a uh, person, Serenity Hart, who was planning a top-free tour of Canada. And uh, she is starting this summer, summer of 2014, or spring, actually. She'll be starting in May. And traveling from one coast to the other coast, visiting major cities and taking pictures and doing a film. So I gave her a call to find out more about what this was about and uh, what she was hoping to accomplish. Um, all right, so hey guys, uh, my name is Serenity Hart, and um, I work as a nude model from Toronto, Ontario, and um, I am basically putting together a tour across Canada to uh, demonstrate the rights that women have to bear their trust in public topless. So topless or top free? You've used both words when you've sent me the the note about it. Um, to me, I sort of gather them as the same thing. Um, top free to me, uh, I guess goes more in the language of a naturist, um, or a nudist, so to speak, or people who hang out in those types of environments. Um, topless, if you're looking under the, I guess, the constitutional rights that have been put in place for us as women, um, that's what they associate it with as being topless. So when you're, you're doing the top free tour, the topless tour of Canada, mm-hmm. um, so what are you going to do? You're going to start in BC, I see, and you're going to go all the way to PEI. Yeah. And uh, so what are you going to do in each stop? Um, so I get to these places, and I'll be posing in the major cities, working with local photographers. And um, I'm just literally going to show up in a, in a town, and the photographer, he'll be across the street, um, and I'll be posing in very public places that are recognizable to most people. And um, I'll stand, I'll be reading a book, I'll be at a bus stop, I'm listening to music, I'm talking with a friend, I'm asking for directions, and the photographer, me being the secondary subject, will be capturing all of those moments, and then I stop there and move over to the next city. So just be, um, I guess, different points uh, along the way from PEI to, uh, to um, where am I going, to PEI. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically how the whole thing will be set up. And I've got a videographer with me, uh, who'll be doing all of the behind the scenes documentation of it. And, um, later that will also turn into a short film. A short film that's going to be on the, on the online, or is it going to actually be uh, released commercially? Um, we're more so looking on a commercial base. Uh, she's definitely going to be submitting it to a bunch of uh, film festivals in the city, and then we'll sort of take it from there. But we'll definitely have a, a public, public screening if it doesn't go um, as big as we would like it to be. So you realize that while Gwen Jacob did set a precedent in Ontario, it doesn't automatically apply in all the provinces. So are you prepared that you may encounter some opposition legally um well as far as my homework is concerned it is completely legal in all of the states it's just and all the provinces sorry it is just frowned upon um i do understand there's a bit of a loophole as well that i can i guess possibly be arrested but the charge itself would not be able to state that they're charging me for being topless um, so I, I, and again, I, I mentally preparing myself for those sort of incidents. Um, at no time am I looking to be arrested. I travel a lot, so I know that that's not going to help me on record. Um, and at no time do I really want to, uh, be going against any sort of, uh, laws that I, that, that are in place. Um, but I do want to stir up a discussion and that was mainly what this whole thing was about. So in your words, what's, what's the discussion? What needs to be discussed here? Um, for me, the discussion uh, is about women and their confidence. Um, it's about the stigma that's being attached to toplessness for women. Um, I find that a lot of people that I've been interviewing, both male and female, um, of a different bracket of age, um, ages, um, they, there, there's, there's a mixed sort of signal about you know, why women would even want to be topless or walk around without their shirts on. Um, and I my discussion that I'm trying to form is, is just, I guess, figuring out why women are not feeling comfortable to do this. And when I'm asking these questions, I feel as though it's sparking an interest, even with men, um, about why they even feel that it's not right for a woman to bear their chest in public. Well, in some cases these days, it's even men feel it's not right for men to bear their chest in public, yeah, it seems. very true. We're, we're going backwards, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. And you you have your you say you're a nude model, and uh, in some of the things you talk about, you talk about you know body acceptance in general. So it sounds almost like while this is only a top free um, uh, tour, that you have some sympathies towards naturism as well. Oh yes, like hundred um, percent. I grew up in an environment where uh, my I was always naked at home. Um, my mom specifically is always always walking around the house naked. So being nude was never really um, something that I saw as taboo or something that I thought was weird. Um, but I, I do work as a nude model. That's that's primarily what I do. Um, of course, I know it's not legal to walk around all of Canada naked, so I have to, I guess, limit myself in a way to just doing it topless. But um, I can completely relate. I think that it's, it's uh, for me, very backwards, the way that we've, we've turned everything into. But it's become a business, being able to sell our insecurities and tell us that we have to cover up all the time. So I get that part of it, but I do want to break that sort of, um, I guess, initial state of mind that people have about being naked and why, you know, being naked is not, does not have to be attached to sex and shame. So the, the tour starts, uh, you're, you have, uh, you're, you say you start in Vancouver on May 16th, but you actually have an event on May 10th in Toronto. Is that right? 
Um, so May 10th is actually when I hop in my car and I drive to D.C. Um, on April 2nd is the launch of the Kickstarter campaign where I'm going to be raising $13,000 to do the tour across Canada. Oh, okay. That's You're going to have to get that money raised pretty fast then. Yeah, so I've got 30 days to raise the $13,000, yeah. And what happens if it doesn't get raised? Um, for me, the tour is still going to be something that I really need to pursue. Um, I sort of set my life up around doing this over the last six months. Um, so I don't really have a, a plan B, so to speak, if that's what you're asking. But um, <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to raise okay. the money. <laughs> And you're gonna you leave on May 10th, and your first event is on May 16th or so in Vancouver. So you're gonna be driving fairly hard all the way across to Vancouver, yes. then. Yes, yes. And then you make your way back from I can see here through Victoria, Kamloops, Edmonton, Calgary, uh, Shonovan. I don't even know where that is. It's a very small town. I actually visited it um, a few years ago. I stayed there for three months. Um, I want to go back and see some people that I that I met while I was there. But yes, it is a very small town. <laughs> oh, okay. And then Regina, Winnipeg, Thunder Bay, Sault Ste. Marie, North Bay, Montreal, Quebec City, Fredericton, Charlottetown, St. John's, and then back in Toronto again. Mm-hmm. That's going to keep you quite busy because you're, you're <laughs> planning on being back by July 26th. So yeah. you're going to be driving nonstop. Yeah, it will be. There'll be very quick stopovers in each of those places, and that's why I'm not doing the driving alone. I will be going with my videographer Ashley, um, so we're sort of taking turns in in the whole trip. But yes, it, essentially, it's a very quick turnaround uh, to do the whole thing. Um, the uh, so the, the, you're are you just going to take photos in the places where you stop, or are you going to hang out, discuss, or create some sort of event as well? Um, so each of the places, my goal um, is to definitely have the photo shoots themselves. And then either prior to the photo shoot or after the photo shoot, I haven't quite decided yet, um, I will be sort of hanging out with people. I've got a huge following and a, and a bunch of the places that I'm going to be stopping. So a lot of the women and men who support what's going on, um, they'll be able to have a chance to to meet up with me. We'll probably go to a coffee shop. Hopefully it doesn't like blow up bigger <laughs> than that where I can't sit anywhere. Um, or we can, you know, book a room in a community center and sort of have a discussion around uh, the toplessness and, and also have that added into the documentation. So if people do want to follow you or contribute, how do they find out more information? Um, they can find me on Facebook, look up Serenity Heart, H-A-R-T. Um, they can look up Top Free Canada on Facebook as well. I have an Instagram account, Serenity Heart. Um, they can send me an email. It's serenityheartsuyou at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, just send me a shout. So as usual, I'll have notes uh, and links in the show notes uh, about Serenity's tour. And uh, you uh, can find about more about when her uh, uh, Kickstarter campaign is uh, going from there. And you can uh, contribute to it, of course, and follow her tour as she goes through Canada this summer. Um, I sure hope it works out. I sure hope she does raise awareness uh, for top freedom and equal rights and body acceptance because that's something we desperately need. There's a bit of a counter pressure right now towards body shame and towards hiding. But uh, we, with people like her fighting and uh, keeping the uh, ideas in the forefront, hopefully we can keep that at bay.
Well, that's all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. Thank you again for listening. Um, I want to remind everybody, we now have a comment line. You can call and leave a, a comment, and then I'll put it on the show. And you haven't heard any because nobody's done it. I'm getting lots of emails and comments that way, but for some reason, nobody's wanted to leave a voice comment. So you can call. Uh, you can take as many tries as you want, and you can even delete it if you're done. If you don't like it, you can delete it. Um, but uh, if you want to leave a comment, and of course, I can't promise I will use them because if suddenly everybody calls or if it's not a very interesting comment, uh, I won't put it on the show. But generally, I think we'll be able to include the comments. And so you just dial. Uh, you can dial 905, country code 1, if you're outside of Canada and the United States. Country code 1-905-473-6060, which is the main number for Bear Oaks Family Nature's Park. And the show hotline is extension 333. You can call toll-free in the U.S. and Canada as well at one 373 and it's extension 333 again. And if you have Skype, you can call Bear Oaks. Uh, Bear Oaks is our Skype name. B-A-R-E-O-A-K-S, extension 333. Of course, you can continue to uh, send comments by email as well. I always appreciate it. Please uh, keep sending your comments, your thoughts and suggestions. I do read them all. I try to reply to every one of them. I think I generally do. If I miss them, just write to me again. Remind me. I may have been away and got behind in my emails. The show's email address is naturistliving at bareoaks.ca. That's B-A-R-E, of course, bareoaks.ca, because we are in Canada. And the show's website, where you find all the show notes and references to all the things I've mentioned, is found at Naturist living, one word, dot bare oaks, B A R E again, bare oaks, dot CA. Join us again in about a month for the next episode of the Naturist Living Show. This episode of the Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca. Thank you.